This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Alibaba's rise and subsequent fall has, you know, really been a symbol of Chinese tech giants growing too quickly, growing too recklessly, and the government basically just stepped in and reined them all in. So that has really hurt Alibaba. You've got years of crackdowns that have basically, you know, it, it, it's their valuation. You know, the company was once worth over $800 billion at its peak. It's now a little over $200 billion, so maybe 250 260 now. That was Robin Mack, a Hong Kong-based columnist at Reuters Breaking Views, explaining the context of Alibaba's decision to split itself up. The implications of that breakup is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan, coming to you from London. Alibaba, a sprawling Chinese e-commerce business, is splitting itself into six parts. Investors are keen on the plan and Beijing is also happy to charm the business community in the hope that it can help revive the economy. Here to examine the details of this situation and what it means is Robin Mack in Hong Kong and Yao Chen in London. Welcome Robin and welcome Yawen. Hi Amy. Hi. So Robin, I, I'd love to start with you. I mean, could you talk us just bit, give us a bit of context about Alibaba? Like, what has its history been? How big is the company? And what does it do? Like, how important is it to the Chinese economy? So Alibaba is one of the biggest Chinese tech companies um, in the country. It started out as an e-commerce platform, and then it just diversified, and it is now a sprawling conglomerate. So it not only does it have e-commerce, but it has uh, a fintech affiliate, it has um, you know food delivery, it has logistics, online media, entertainment, a very promising cloud computing arm, similar to Amazon's uh, cloud division as well. Um, logistics. So it basically dabbles in in, in everything. And Alibaba's rise um, and subsequent fall has, you know, really been a symbol of Chinese tech giants growing too quickly, growing too recklessly, and the government basically just stepped in and reined them all in. So that has really hurt Alibaba. You've got years of crackdowns that have basically you know, it, it, it's their valuation. Um, you know, the company was once worth over $800 billion at its peak. It's now a little over $200 billion, so maybe 250 $260 now. Um, so that has really, really hurt them. Um, so that's the context of this breakup, which was announced. And this is a very drastic breakup. It's, you know, one of the biggest overhauls they've had uh, in over 20 years. 
of the of the company history, and it's really meant to unlock value for shareholders. Um, I was just looking, you know, before the breakup was announced, Alibaba shares were trading at, you know, less than 10 times forward earnings. And for a Chinese tech company, that's really low. I mean, that's what, you know, utilities are valued on. Um, and Alibaba, you know, you usually see, you know, 20 times, even 30 times forward earnings. So, you know, I think one of the primary, you know, uh, reasons is that, they're recognizing that there is value to be unlocked and investors are just undervaluing not only the e-commerce part, but also all their other parts of the business. I'd love to come back to the valuation, Robin, because I think that's a really interesting point. But I just for this actual breakup, what what in, is involved? Like you said, it was drastic. What what is Alibaba doing to its business? So what it announced was that it it is splitting into six separate and independent companies that will be overseen by one holding company. I mean, it's very similar to what Google did with Alphabet um, or even something similar to Berkshire Hathaway, where you have one holding company that sits on top of separate and independent businesses. And what's really different is that, I mean, in the past, Alibaba did have separate business units with you know, separate business leaders, but because of, but this new structure will allow these, these separate units, you know, the, to fundraise from third parties themselves and even do an initial public offering down the road. Each unit will have their own board of directors. So they will be fairly autonomous, I think, from, you know, the holding company and the parent. And this this valuation, Yao, and if I could just switch over to you and this, you know, the, the crackdown on on business, do you think that there's any signs of that changing? I saw that that Jack Ma, Alibaba's founder, is back in China um, after a year-long hiatus and a, a falling out with Beijing. What's your sense of of the way Beijing is now thinking about about the business community? Well, first of all, it's uh, it's it's unclear if the breakup is 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 connected to uh, Jack Ma's return, but the timing is quite interesting because just one day earlier, before they, you know, before they announced this breakup plan, Jack Ma you know, reappeared in Hangzhou after living abroad in countries like Japan. And, you know, Reuters had reported that uh, China's Premier League town has personally asked him to come back to China in a, in a move to boost private confidence. Because, as you said, like, China's been cracking down on a lot of sectors, including most prominently probably one, one of the sectors will be the internet sector. And Jack Ma was known for giving a quite um, controversial speech in 2020 before, you know, ends IPO. And he he was basically criticizing uh, China's banking regulation being too rigid. And then he just he disappeared. And even though he has he has retired practically from Alibaba, um, he, he wasn't really wearing the corporate hats anymore. But I think because of his um, personal you know, brand and he's built this empire. He, he empire. He's he's had su- such a big um, influence over the business community in China. Um, you know, what is happening to him is is really something I think other private entrepreneurs closely watch for. But I would say th- th- this is part of Chinese government's charm offen- uh, charm offensive in terms of attracting private investment making sure that there is a official announced uh you know official acknowledgement that there's a reversal in the crackdowns but at the same time i think so far it's also a lot of talking it it, it helps reinforcing the view that you know the government is refocusing on growth this year um they haven't been doing a lot on the stimulus front like i think a lot of people were a bit disappointed when china announced the gdp target 
this year, it was short of expectation. So, so far, it's, it's just a lot of expectation that the government wouldn't crack down anymore. <laughs> well, probably reverse some of the measures they had. Um, and I think Jack's, Jack Ma's return kind of helps with that. But it's still early days to see, you know, whether there will be more crackdowns coming later in the year on other sectors, because I think the government is trying to streamline the legal system and to have more mechanism in place to avoid a sudden, you know, uh, zigzag of uh, in terms of regulatory uh, surprises that has happened in the past two years. I mean, one thing that I th- sort of think is interesting now and as well is China's position now kind of geopolitically and the, you know, the levers it can pull for its economy. There's obviously the situation with the US where there seems to be an awful lot more tension between the two powers. There's the Russia angle and, you know, obviously Beijing trying to stay or saying it's trying to stay neutral, but, you know, the trip to Moscow and all of that. I mean, when it comes to the business community, is there now a sense sort of following COVID and the very intense lockdowns that it does need the business community to drive the economy? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the revival of private confidence is really key to China's recovery at this point, because, I mean, right now, cons- consumption is probably one of the most important driver of the economy. And if unemployment cannot um, be resolved, I think it, it's, it's going to be a huge headache for Beijing down the road. Um, and a, a lot of that story comes from, you know, the private sector, which contribute like 60% of the jobs in the economy. So in that sense, I think Alibaba being able to come back, you know, having a rebound in both stock price and valuation and, you know, everything re- really would help um, confidence to build up in that sense. And Robin, that depressed valuation that you talked about um, for Alibaba, what's the reaction been like from investors to this plan? As in what's happened with the shares and, and what what are they kind of taking this to mean? Well, investors are actually really excited about this breakup plan because, like I said, you know, it it is seen as a way to really quickly unlock value for the company. So when, when it was first announced, the plan, the shares, I think, rallied 15 percent and they've sort of climbed up a little bit since then. Um, but even the broader market for other Chinese tech stocks, those have come up as well. And I think, you know, there is this, you know, hope, I guess, that if Alibaba does go through with this breakup, um, then other tech giants like Tencent, which is also, you know, another one of China's really big tech conglomerates, will follow suit. And even um, so, so I think, uh, you know, markets generally are very positive about the prospects of a breakup, not just for Alibaba, but also other Chinese tech giants. And this is the one kind of bright spark, right, for for sort of deal makers, um, I guess, globally as well, the big banks that that want a piece of this. Um, I, I think that's also a really kind of interesting element of all of this. So, so Robin, what do you think is the next step here just in terms of the breakup? Is there any possibility that it won't happen? Is there anything regulatory that could stand in the way? Well, I mean, the details, there haven't actually been that many details. I mean, so the one thing that Alibaba just really didn't clarify is the timeline of this. So I think you know it i think they're probably i think investors and markets they should probably still have a little skepticism because i think it's probably still going to be a long time before we see you know a spin off or an ipo of alibaba's cloud business for example so that's probably one of the big unknowns um in terms of regulatory approvals i mean i don't see why that would be an issue i mean i think you know for them to 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 go ahead with such a drastic overhaul they would probably have decided that there weren't any regulatory risks already. 
Well, very interesting. It sounds like we're going to be seeing an awful lot more out of out of China's large tech companies. So I look forward to that. So thanks so much for your time, Robin and Yawen. Thanks for having us. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashlich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Acast, Megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. Check out our latest views on these stories and many others at BreakingViews.com and on Twitter, where our handle is at BreakingViews. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.